Good morning and good welcome. This is Talking About Our Beautiful Savior podcast number 37. Ooh, good morning and good welcome. Yeah, and actually it is literally morning. <laughs> yeah. We're recording this. Uh-huh. I'm, uh, I'm feeling bright-eyed. I, morning is the best time for me, mm. so. Mm-hmm. This is going to be a really good one. <laughs> yeah. So we have a wedding to go to today. Yep. Yep, it's a Friday. Um, are you ready to dance at the wedding? Oh, man. Am I ever? What's your top wedding song, dance song? Okay, I, I have, to think, I have to think about, about that. That's like really, that's a big. I mean, I'll, I'll throw some things out there. YMCA? Um, That's on the top 10. Okay, so you have nine others <laughs> ready, <laughs> yeah. locked and loaded. Yeah. You're just getting them in mm-hmm. order in your Right, head. yes, yes. I'll I think it's you, number eight. I'll tell you what I don't like. Yeah? Songs like the, the cha-cha? Mm, cha-cha slide. I mean, there's like uh, Cupid Shuffle. Like da da do Oh yeah yeah yeah. That's my favorite one. That's number one. I don't like um <laughs> there's that one and there's one other one like slide to the left. Oh yeah, that's slide the cha cha. To the right. Cha cha real smooth. I don't Ooh. like that. <laughs> Neither do I. Do you know why? <laughs> why? Cuz I'm a naturally gifted dancer. <laughs> and you don't like to be told what to do. Right. I mean, don't tell me to slide to the left. It constrains my creativity. <laughs> I just want to get out there and Fair enough. a song and dance. Fair and enough. so when it's like, slide to the left, like, no, mm-hmm. I don't want to. If, if they... I might slide to the right. I might do a whole other move to the right. Or maybe I'll stick with the left, but I won't slide. Um, I would, this is going to be a terrible I would. <laughs> I would leave the uh, wedding reception, no matter who it was getting married, if they played the chicken dance. I would mm. leave. Let's say I'm sorry. It's been fun. Yeah. Our younger foster son just learned the chicken dance, and I really like it. Does it so fast. All right. Our theme for today is the holy ministry is filled with sinners called by God. So we're starting a couple-week series on uh, what the holy ministry is. And today we're especially focused on the... Um, just the fact that God calls people to follow him and serve him that are, are flawed in so many ways. So we've got Moses and Paul and Timothy in our lessons. And I just think one of the, the key phrases here, we won't go through First Timothy today, but G, or Timothy says, uh, here's a trustworthy fact. Uh, I am Christ died for sinners of whom I am the worst. So just mm-hmm. that idea that uh, we all understand our sin and that that. Is, plays a huge role in our calling to serve God and how we understand it. Okay, first our Sunday school lesson is the golden calf. Probably one of the more well-known Sunday school lessons from the Old Testament. So last last week's lesson was on the Ten Commandments, and it finished with Moses going up to the top of Mount Sinai. You know, some of the elders from Israel got to meet with God and have some sort of meal with him, which we said was incredible. And now Moses stays up there. It's been 40 days. Uh, since Moses has gone up there, and the people decide what about him? Well, they're done. They'd rather uh, move on because clearly, forty days. I mean, mm-hmm. God's that's a month and God's ten days. Forgotten about them. Yeah, I think I guess it depends on what translation you use. But we don't know about this Moses fellow. <laughs> <was like> that. <laughs> like, who's this guy? This guy who did all these things. Yeah, all he did was. You know, lead us out of Egypt at God's command and do a bunch of plagues, part the Red Sea. But this Moses fellow. 40 days. Not no, bad. it's it's that's pretty ludicrous that they're ready to move on. Yeah. Um, but I guess maybe in their defense, to spend a month and 10 days at this place 
immobile, you know, when you've yeah. just escaped from Egypt and you're antsy, you mm-hmm. don't know what the future holds. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've got your, your family and your kids in tents in the wilderness. Mm-hmm. It doesn't excuse it, it's, but it's probably it's a little bit still, like, let's move. You yeah, know, it's let's still absurd, though. Like, mm-hmm. absolutely absurd. But Especially after they had just seen the power of God at Mount Sinai. Yeah. The, you know, the elders come down. And they have promised, we will do these things. Right. Well, and they meant it for 40 days. Yep. So they go to Moses' brother Aaron with their suspicions that your brother's not coming back. Mm -hmm. And Aaron, we see, compromises here in this section. Yeah. And it's it's a disaster. Yes. I think one of the lessons we take from this is, nope, God's word, just you you stick with it. Don't go to the right. Don't go to the left. Stick with it. Even when it's hard. He tries to kind of mollify them. He he tries to, like, no, no, we'll just do it this way. Sure. Yeah, this little thing will. Ends up in idolatry. So he he takes Mm -hmm. the people's gold. Um, he tells them, you know, let's let's have this this festival day, and you give me your gold and your jewelry, and I'll turn it into this this thing that we can um, use as a you know a focus on and worship. And he thinks, well, they'll never do that. They won't want to give up right. gold. Much to his chagrin, they, they hand over it. their gold. Yeah. Um, it's it's thought that they they would have seen worship of cows during their time in Egypt. You know, it seems weird to us, like a golden calf. You and I would never like think of a calf as being this. Um, animal that's worthy of worship, but for them it was just a source of, of life and food and mm-hmm. things like that. Um, the people begin to worship the idol, claiming it had rescued them. Mm-hmm. And so Aaron then declares a festival for the Lord. You know, a festival is going to take place tomorrow, which may have been an attempt to cover up the people's idolatry. Like, right. no, 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 they're not worshiping this calf, they're, they're worshiping God. We're mm-hmm. just, you know, also have this calf here because we're worshiping him. Meanwhile, on the top of the mountain, God informs Moses that the Israelites were behaving wickedly, and he refers to them as your people. Oh, and I've always yeah, I've heard that from a couple child. pastors. Yeah, like that. Like, <laughs> do you know what your child did to do did today is never like a good thing. It's like, do you know what your son did today? He won the Nobel Peace Prize. <laughs> oh, yes. My, my son? My son did that? Not ours. No, it's your son. You know, just like dumped out the flower on the floor or something like that. So he, he threatens to completely destroy Israel as a nation, which is a little off-putting for us. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is a test for Moses. Mm-hmm. Um, in what way would you think would this be a test for Moses? So God's giving Moses the opportunity to um, hold him at his word, mm-hmm. to like stand up for the people who are not easy to love, yeah. but he's been called to love. Mm-hmm. No, excellent. Yeah, so... This is a chance for Moses to serve as mediator, yeah. which is one of the roles God had given him, is the go-between between himself and the people. That is our first lesson today, is God calling Moses to essentially to go go do what he's doing now, uh, but first bring them out of Egypt. So Moses makes three points. One, these are your covenant people. Like you said, you've made a promise to them. Two, God, your honor is at stake in the surrounding nations. What are people going to think about you if they find out you rescued your people from Israel and then immediately slaughtered them, which is a very logical point. And he says, you've made promises to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, which is interesting. When you think about the lesson uh, that we have, that I'm preaching on, on Sunday, Exodus 3, how God introduces himself to Moses from the burning bushes, I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Ooh. And now Moses brings that back up to him, like, yeah. hey, that's who you are. You're yeah. the God of, you know, you've been with a bunch of other. This is um, who you are. Other clowns. <laughs> <laughs> Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob who made some big mistakes mm-hmm. and big sins. Yep. And you made promises to them and you kept those promises. And so God is pleased with Moses' answer and he does not carry out the destruction. Mm-hmm. 
And Moses is going back down the mountain with the tablets, the Ten, Ten Commandments, and he hears the wicked celebration of the Israelites from a long way off. Yeah. And that's that's an interesting scene to picture. It's just he can hear the partying oh. from way off. And he's holding the commandments yep. in his hands. Literally, he's holding the, the commandments that they're breaking, commandments from God. So he spikes the tablets to the ground. Uh, he destroys the calf, and he grinds it up and forces the Israelites to drink the powder mixed with water. I was hoping you'd ask me something about that. Yeah, so what? Okay. <laughs> what's the significance of forcing them to drink the powder? Well, they... So here's here's your God. You're actually drink like you're drinking mm-hmm. it now, and it's going in your body. Like that's not very powerful. Right. So I think one one of the things commentators have thought is yeah, it's you know it's to illustrate the powerlessness of this calf. You're drinking this calf, and I think a second point would be you've polluted your worship of God. So now drink this polluted pollute water. Yourself, you know, God, yeah. Think of how often God describes himself as the water of life. You've mixed into your worship of God this idol. Mm-hmm. And it's going to make you sick to drink all that, that ground-up powder. Yeah, and it's just, that's such a good visual, uh, like, when you have to, like, own what you did in such a way mm-hmm. that, like, in their case, they're internalizing it, um, ingesting yeah. it. Um, mm-hmm. That's really, like, it It uh, helps you see your sin. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't think they missed his point that <laughs> no. he was making. Uh, one thing that's kind of funny but also sad is Aaron... It seems attempts to excuse oh, himself by saying, "Oh, the cow just came out of the fire." Like it's. I I put this gold in, and yeah. it just came. It yeah. just appeared. Yeah, which I think we've heard excuses like that at yeah. our house, like not maybe to that level, but like yeah, I don't know. Oh no, maybe. I don't, I don't know what happened. Mouse just kicked that soccer ball over the fence. Like, yeah, how that mouse did. Wait, what? That was one. Uh, that mouse did do that. Al. No. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Um, so then, I mean, this this lesson ends on a pretty intense note. Yeah. And Moses rallies the the Levites, you know, essentially the the priests the, and the temple assistants cool. to his side, and they go back and forth throughout the camp, um, killing those who refuse to turn away from their idolatry. Yeah. So those who refuse to turn back to God, yeah, do receive you know a punishment with death. Mm-hmm. So there was chances to repent, but here were people that yeah. were insisting, no, we are not coming back to you, which. You said 40 days after they've said, we'll do everything you said. Here are these people so stuck in unbelief that they lose their life because of it. And the, the you know, the act of judgment there is, you know, incredibly sad that those people died in that unbelief. But what God is doing is sparing mm-hmm. so many other people from falling away. Right. Yeah, the way I, I read, I thought this was a helpful illustration. So there's an infection moving through this camp of idolatry and unbelief and God's going to take care of it before it can spread to the rest of the nation yeah. and he does that several times I mean that's kind of similar to the way we talk about the flood the flood seems so harsh mm-hmm. from our you know limited human perspective but God is preserving a remnant because he didn't want all to be lost right um, and so the, the chapter concludes with Moses interceding for Israel once more um, if we move on to the next chapter, we, we know that God promises his angel would go before them and lead them to the promised land. So they've done this terrible thing. God has punished them, but also re- reinstates, yep. reinforces his promises and says, it's still the promised land, and I'm going to go with you there. 
Israel does also suffer a plague as a further punishment for the rebellion against God. So I think a couple things we could take from this lesson. One is just idolatry. You know, the last couple of weeks, I feel like we've come on secret idolatry a couple times. Mm-hmm. Maybe we don't need to touch on that too much, but just that's the main point of this lesson, how easy it is to get involved with, with idols yeah. and to worship something other than the true God, even when you've just maybe done something or confessed something really you know, powerful. I will never, ever leave God and how easy it is to just abandon that. Maybe another thing is just how quickly Israel deserts God after he rescued them and made a covenant with them and just their sinful nature is so strong. I think for us too, that's a good warning. Mm-hmm. How quickly after we, you know, like we just said, when we are so overwhelmed by God's love, mm-hmm. we say, "Yeah, I'm definitely gonna obey Him." And how yeah. quickly we can forget that. So, yeah. keep in mind your sinful nature. Uh, focus on God and and don't pretend like yeah everything's smooth sailing spiritually from now on. Right. Draw near to His word. Exactly. All the time. Yeah. Um, maybe the last thing, just that Moses functions as a type of Christ here. You know, we think of, sometimes we talk about if, Jesus' role, his, his uh, threefold role as prophet, priest, and king. Which one would he be doing here? So there's going to be some grinding noises. That's just the wolf. Yeah, no, the no ra- worries. Our rabbit forces his way into the bedroom and is now biting the baseboard. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so functioning as a type of Christ, the go-between, the mediator. We mm-hmm. see Moses doing that here. Mm-hmm. So we, we think of Moses, what he did here, offering to sacrifice himself. We think of Jesus. Now, if Moses would have sacrificed himself as noble as that was, that would have done nothing. He was a yeah. sinner. But when Jesus sacrifices himself, it's, it counts for everything because he's God. He's mm-hmm. holy and perfect. All right, let's move on to our first lesson, which is closely related to this because it's, it's God appearing to Moses in uh, the desert. Um, so do you remember why Moses fled Egypt? Yes. Um, he saw a fellow Israelite being, being, no, he saw an, okay. There was somebody who was roughing up somebody else and he intervened. An Egyptian was whipping, attacking an Israelite. Yes. And Moses, you should know, grew up, you know, he was culturally and but racially, an Israelite—that was his nationality—and uh, the you know the well-known story of him being put into a basket in the Nile River so that he wouldn't be be killed by the Egyptian government. And he's taken into uh, Pharaoh's household and grows up as an Egyptian, but really he's an Israelite and still identifies with them, as mm-hmm. it turns out, because he sees an Israelite being abused by an Egyptian, mm-hmm. and he thinks, "Well, I'm going to handle this," and he ends up killing yeah. the Egyptian. And then um, you know, think, "Well, I'm what a powerful." savior i am for my own people mm-hmm. and the next day um one of the another israelite says something snarking him like well you're gonna kill me too like you killed that egyptian <laughs> yeah Moses is like oh <laughs> i'm found out so he flees he flees so do you remember how old he was when he fled um 30 something? 40 he's 40, 40 years old and when this happens how many years has he been living in the wilderness when this happens yeah when the burning bush happens oh man like a lot, like a decade? 40 more years. 40 more years? Yeah. So oh you can kind of divide Moses' life so into 40s. Like, so he grows up in, his, in Egypt, 40. He lives out in the wilderness for 40, gets married, has kids. Um, that's 40. And then the next 40 are leading Israel to wow. the promised land. Interesting, 40, 40, 40. So he's taking his, his sheep out, and all of a sudden he sees a bush that's on fire that doesn't seem to actually be burning up, which mm-hmm. you, know, you would think, yeah, I'll go check that out. That seems crazy. And God speaks to him from inside the bush, the angel of the Lord, actually. Who's the angel of the Lord? 
Jesus. Yeah, the second person in the Trinity. Yeah. The fancy way to describe it is pre-incarnate Christ. If you really want to impress your neighbors. What did you do today? (laughs) How's this new podcast about the pre-incarnate Christ and this Moses fellow? (laughs) This golden calf that appeared. That's a great accent. Cool. You should do the rest of the podcast in an accent. So, yeah, the angel of the Lord seems to be the second person of the Trinity, uh, the person we know as the Son of God. Uh, and he calls to Moses from the burning bush, and he says, Take off your sandals, man. You're yeah, on take holy off your ground. Cro- take off your Crocs. <laughs> <laughs> I like those Crocs. Take them off. No, he says, Take off your sandals. Why? Uh, because the place you are standing on is holy. Right, yeah. it's uh, It was a sign of respect and reverence to remove your shoes in, in a situation like this. So take off your sandals. As we said before, I'm the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So ties himself back to the history. Of, mm-hmm. of God's people. That, that's who I am. You, you weren't alive then, Moses, but I was. I'm eternal. And Moses hides his face when he realizes who this is. He just recognizes what mm-hmm. about himself. He's sinful and standing in front of a holy yep. God. I straight up murdered a guy 40 years ago. So how could I possibly be in the presence of this burning bush God who's so holy? Um, God then tells, there's a whole paragraph where God just says, I've heard the misery of my people in Israel. I've heard their, their misery. I've heard their crying out in slavery in Egypt. And I'm, I'm going to take care of it. I'm going to bring them out. And Moses, guess who's going to do it? You are. Moses is going to do it. And Moses, I mean, this, this is a great question. A question that we should ask ourselves. Moses says, who am I? Mm-hmm. Who am I to do that? Yeah. So you think, these 40, the second 40 years... Uh, this this time out in the wilderness, what has that done to Moses? As someone who maybe uh, was pretty confident in himself growing up in mm-hmm. Egypt with this amazing education Lots and all privilege. this wealth. Yeah. What, what has this 40 years done to him? Uh, beat him down a little it's bit. It's humbled him, yeah. right? It's humbled him that he just, I can't, I can't do this. You just think, well, in some ways he's a great candidate. Um, someone who, who yep. did have that education, who's who's familiar with Egypt and politics and things like that. Just right. on paper, on that, that point, he does seem like a great candidate. But on the cons list, we would put straight up murder again. <laughs> yeah, not, not, not the one you want. Yeah, yeah that's not, um, we'll yeah, pass. That's maybe not your first choice. So Moses is just well aware of his shortcomings. And God says, well, I will be with you. And one of the neat things to tie into our, our Sunday school lesson and this lesson, he says, here's a promise. You're going to get those people out, and you're going to worship me on this mountain. Because where he's meeting, the burning bushes is Mount Horeb, so Mount cool. Sinai. So we realize he kept that promise. You know, this yes. is this was a promise to Moses. You're going to do this thing that seems impossible, and I promise you, you're going to be one day, the nation of Israel will be worshiping me on this wow. same mountain where you're taking your sheep around. That's amazing. It is amazing. So, I mean, I think one of the main points of today is we focus on ourselves and say, I'm so weak, I'm so sinful, I, I can't do it, and we're right. Mm-hmm. And God yep. says, but you're not, you're not thinking about it the right way. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm going with you. you know, he, he went with um, Moses to Pharaoh, and it wasn't like Moses had learned to do all these plagues while he was out in the wilderness. <laughs> like, I've, I've been cooking up some really cool stuff in the Practices. wilderness. Like, I can turn water into all sorts of blood, guys. <laughs> no, it's, this is God's power. Yep. So I'll go with you. Uh, and then Moses, you know, we if you go into Exodus 4, Moses really puts up a fight. We oh, my goodness. We don't get into yeah, all that. Like, it is. Here's 50 reasons why I can't go. <laughs> um, but Moses, you know, says, okay, if I go to Israel, hypothetically, say I listen to you, and I go to Israel, and they're like, who told you to do this? Who sent you? And oh, who should I say sent me? Yes. God says, tell them. I am sent I you. I am. Tell them I am sent you. The God who always has been, 
uh, always is now and always will be. The God of free and faithful grace. The God that yes. keeps his promises. Uh, I yeah, am. I am. Eternal. Um, so just the powerful thing that we, we focus on our sin rightfully uh, as being a real reason why we shouldn't serve. And God says... Whatever, man, I'm going with you. Mm-hmm. I'm the I'm the burning bush God. I'm holy. One of the things I was I took the dog for a walk today. The rabbits were lot really of biting. There. Whatever's going on over there. <laughs> Good thing we have so many animals in the room with us in the podcast. <laughs> we need to get like a coyote or something, or no, like a, no, that a beaver just like gnawing oh, yeah. on wood or something, or like a woodpecker. Yeah, <laughs> a podcast where we're just shouting to be heard over the sounds of our various animals. Can I jump in for one second? I, I gotta lose. I gotta say my point oh, go, before go, go, I go, okay, go, good. Do the it. dog's growling too now. Um, <laughs> no, I was thinking as I walked the dog this morning, um, how flammable we are. Yeah. So you have this holy God burning on a burning bush. That's why Moses doesn't want to come near him because he's flammable. Mm-hmm. And then this God actually makes us on fire too. You know, not Ooh. in like the overly emotional spiritual sense like i'm on fire for jesus but, but just like he makes us holy yeah yeah not. we're holy um so we can't approach him and worship and we do. Wow. all right what were you gonna say Hopefully uh, you didn't lose i yours. just really like um it, it whenever i hear this account in scripture um i'm just always like my next connection is with matthew 28 the great commission yeah because Jesus says, surely I'm with you always. Mm-hmm. And like that word always, and like I'm with you. Um, so, it, and that was, I don't know. I just, it's so cool to see yeah. the, he was there in the burning bush. And then he was there. Mm-hmm. He's never, he's never gone. He's yeah. always there. We don't see him always and we forget about him, but he doesn't stop him from being there. All right, we need to get into our gospel, which is Matthew 9, the call of Matthew. We'll, we'll probably handle this fairly briefly. So Jesus calls Matthew a tax collector to follow him. You want to run through the reasons why people hated tax collectors at this time? Um, So the tax collectors would go to the people's houses and, you know, say, this is how much you owe. But often there would be some, like, stretching of how much they, like, oh, you owe this amount, but really it was a a less amount, and they'd pocket the extra. Um, And they were fellow you know Israelites um so that that was a bummer mm-hmm. um and they were also working for the government who was oppressing them yeah. so they're cheating the people and they're working with the Roman government so they're seen as traitors so the fact that Jesus would go out of his way to call one of these people yeah. is a, a great testimony to his grace fantastic and so power tells Matthew to follow him Matthew does um and we shouldn't think that you know this was the first time that Matthew saw Jesus right. and was just sort of like magicked into following him. Like Matthew certainly knew who Jesus was and heard his teaching. And now Jesus kind of banks on that. Like, yeah, you know who I am. Follow me. Matthew does. First thing Matthew does is throw a party. Who does he invite? Well, the Pharisees, right? Not the Pharisees. Wait, I'm thinking of. So he invites. His fellow. His tax, oh, tax collector yeah, friends. Invites yes. his friends. <laughs> yeah. He invites his friends to the party because mm-hmm. he wants them probably. To be saved. To get to know Jesus, yeah. yeah. So he invites tax collectors and quote-unquote sinners. Yeah. And the Pharisees see this and like, what a bad dude. You know, Jesus is eating with all these scrubs, and we don't want no scrubs. <laughs> <laughs> 90s reference. <laughs> that was like probably the stupidest thing I've ever said. That was no. no, not, no. No, you think there's more stupid there's things? Different. Oh, thanks for the comfort, yeah. You've said way dumber things on this podcast. No, um, yeah, they're, they... 
they're just very how can Jesus eat with these right. dirty, you know dirty people? Yeah, like they're and, yeah they're they're gross. They're obviously worse than us. Which you know there's a reason we still use that term Pharisee to describe someone who's self righteous, like yep. thinking they're better than other people. And Jesus says one of the most more well known sayings in the Bible: "It's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick." Mm-hmm. So you know what was it about Matthew and these tax collectors and sinners that appealed to Jesus? It was their understanding of how much they needed him. Yeah. Now is he saying the Pharisees weren't sick? Nope. No, they just didn't know it yet. So they were they were limping around, coughing, hacking, you know, bloody, scabby. But completely convinced of their own health. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were sure that they were the healthiest in Israel. Mm-hmm. And they didn't know they needed Dr. Jesus. But yeah. Matthew and the other people did. Um, Jesus quotes the Old Testament. He says, I desire mercy, not sacrifice. Basically tells them, find out what that means. And they would have known. But that comes from Hosea. I could be wrong. Um, but what that passage meant is God doesn't want us to just go through the motions. Right? He, you think he did desire sacrifice. He called mm-hmm. them to do all sorts of sacrifice. But mm-hmm. what he really wanted was an awareness of his mercy and then a demonstration of your under, understanding of that mercy through yeah. your sacrifice. So short lesson for us. We won't spend too much time talking about it today. But just the, the reason it's included today is Matthew's someone who understands his sin. And he's called by God to follow Jesus. And you realize who wrote this gospel? Matthew and so he's writing about his own call and he's writing about how the Pharisees talk trash about him and his mm-hmm. bros and you know, then Jesus says yeah they're they're sick but I'm here that's why I came to this earth okay uh, do you want to read yep beneath the cross of Jesus first verse there beneath the cross of Jesus I find a place to stand and wonder at such mercy that calls me as I am for hands that should discard me Old wounds which tell me, come. Beneath the cross of Jesus, my unworthy soul is one. Anything, any line there that stands out to you? Um, just that really, it's uh, four hands that should discard me, hold wounds which tell me, come. Yeah, it's I really, think that's, really that's cool. to me. Just the idea that God should just chuck us, push us away. Mm-hmm. And instead these hands that bear these wounds from mm-hmm. dying for us, those are the hands that are beckoning to us and saying, hey, come come to me. Yep. So we understand our sin as Christians. It's it's ever before us, as, as David says in we Psalm 51. But we also understand the gospel. That's the mystery that God reveals to us, is that he could love us in spite of us. Mm-hmm. And that love could push him to send his son to die for us. Final question. How do you consider your sin in regard to your call from God? Do you want to go first or second? Um... I'll go first because I know I'll forget what I'm thinking about. So ask the question one more time. (laughs) How do you consider your sin in regard to your call from God? Um, So I guess I, when I think of sin and like the temptations before me or the sin of my past, I think about the fact that God has already dealt with it and Mm -hmm. he's forgotten it. Like he, he has completely eliminated it. Um, and so when he sees me, he sees me as clean and precious and holy. And that is like so thrilling um, and exhilarating mm-hmm. that I, I can't, I like can't help but not want to sin. Mm-hmm. Like, why would I want to sin? <laughs> yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. And so, so like it's that, you know, love that compels me to want to obey yeah. God's commands. And then further, you know, not just obey the commands, but then go and like yeah. share him with right. other people. No, that's great. Um, 
I was thinking about a couple of weeks ago in, in a Bible class, uh, somebody had a very raw moment in which they just kind of confessed um, really struggling with not being able to forgive someone. And they were just extremely emotional. And I, my heart went out to them, you know, and I think what was really helpful in them, it was just, it was such a bittersweet emotion, just this, this sort of, okay, man, they've really been privately wrestling with this and the sadness they've they've been feeling and the guilt they've been feeling and just kind of like oh man I feel for him but at the same time just this like joy mm-hmm. welling up in my heart because yeah. I I know what that's like because I'm a sinner and I know what it's like to wrestle with guilt and just think man there's no way God could love someone like me with the, the stupid stuff I keep doing and then you know the gospel clicks whether it's um, hearing it in worship in the confession and absolution or communion. You know, communion is powerful you know a pastor's sermon just you and I talking and something about the gospel just becomes um, it's always real but it just I it becomes put in front of me again yeah and just that joy of knowing wow I am really forgiven and so that was a moment where I was very excited to be able to just say. You know, this is what God says about your forgiveness. And if you're struggling to forgive someone, don't work really hard to forgive them. Right. Instead, look at Jesus first and know yeah. that your forgiveness for other people will never be perfect. Mm-hmm. But Jesus' is, is. I mean, he forgave everyone. So rather than looking at my own life and saying, how can I be better? I look at Jesus' life and say, that was perfect already. Now, yeah. what does that move me to do? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think. Wow. A, 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 a really important thing for any called worker or any any of us as Christians because we all have a call to go out and be witnesses is to remember your own sin and I think that the, the right. greater understanding of your own sin uh, leads you to a greater understanding of the gospel which makes you a better witness. a better witness yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. all right I think that's it for this week all right you uh have anything funny to say? Uh, have anything funny to say? No, I just had a moment of panic as I was saying, that's it. We've really set up this pattern where we say, like, ooh, funny thing at the front of the podcast, ooh, funny thing at the end. And I was like, oh, I didn't think of anything funny to say. But um, I, you didn't ask me what my favorite um, favorite wedding dance song is. Oh, yeah. What's your favorite wedding dance song? Uh, it's uh, Canon and D. <laughs> I think that's as the kids say it's a real banger and it's like did, did you know that we okay bye bye